crack. Welcome back to Not a Single Bother with me, Ashlyn Dowling. Hope everyone's doing all right. Hope you enjoyed last week's episode that I did with John and Daniel from Attack Sports. And if you haven't listened, please listen now. And thank you to everyone who did so far and that messaged it, messaged it, messaged me and shared it and everything like that. On this week's episode, I had been contemplating. Um, I've been contemplating doing like an episode talking about smear tests or whatever because it's been a year so I like if you've read like my blog post or anything I did a blog post there about it was over a year ago just over a year ago now about um smear tests and everything like that I talk about it like in the in the interview that I'm doing now but I just had to remove grade three abnormal cells whatever yeah grand got them removed but just wanted to wait until I got my follow-up my follow-up exam done so I have the HPV virus like I had it and then I went to see a specialist I'll link the blog post for this as well in the description because like I give a lot more detail about the whole thing if you're interested so basically yeah so I I was spotting and I went to the doctor and I got the smear test done over here this is all in Australia and I have the HPV virus or I had it then and the doctor kind of said that like oh everyone most people will contract the HPV virus in their lifetime and the likelihood is your body will naturally fight it off within one to two years and he was kind of like not that worried and he said like oh I can refer you to a specialist if you'd like if you want to and I was kind of like well so I thought that was a bit strange and I was like do you know when you just I talk about this again in the interview but you know when you just have like a gut feeling anyway to cut a long story short I went to the I went to see a specialist and it turns out that I actually had grade three abnormal cells so it goes grade one grade two grade three um and then I think after grade three it moves to like T levels or something I'm not too sure I'm not I'm not a doctor you know but that would be the highest grade of abnormal cells you can have so I had to get them removed so I had a loop excursion which was fine and then I obviously had to wait then another year to get uh to have a follow-up smear to see how that went so that's why I kind of like wasn't gonna give any updates because I didn't have any updates so I had a follow-up smear and I still have the HPV virus and I but I have only grade one abnormal cells so I didn't need sorry there's wind in the background I didn't need a another loop excursion or anything like I didn't need to remove them so I just basically just need to keep an eye on it and go back again in I don't maybe I'll go back in six months but a year anyway is when I need to go back and yeah so nothing to majorly worry about it's just something I have to keep an eye on so anyway I was thinking about that and I was like okay so because I only went to do the follow-up there a few months ago like no maybe a month ago so I was like right I better that can be an idea for a podcast like I'll update people on that because I just think the main reason was was because I'm the type of person that never goes to the doctor like never like I'd have to be (laughs) I'd have to be dying, you know, like very sick to go to the doctor, which is not a good thing. So that's kind of who I'm aiming this at, you know what I mean? So I just want people to go and and get their smear checks done because obviously it was grand and I'm not like, oh my God, woe is me. I had to get grade three three cells removed or anything. I'm just saying that I just think it's important because I would have 
listen I I nearly would have listened to that doctor and been like oh my god yeah grand it's not that big a deal like it, I'll fight off the HBV virus myself like so it's a good thing I went to the specialist so basically if you've been putting off going for your smear tests just go just go it's actually so grand as that it's like slightly uncomfortable that's all it is like it's I can't even I can't describe it it's just a weird uncomfortable feeling but it's not like sore or anything and it only lasts like not even a minute does it even last a minute I'm not even sure so yeah that so then when I was thinking about this I was like oh I'd love to get somebody on who actually has been like a few steps further than me and who has actually contracted uh cervical cancer or something like that and then it just clicked with me that I had watched the video of Lindsay Bennett that she put on Instagram her letter to the Taoiseach about her case and everything like that and you'll hear more about that in the interview so I got in touch with her and she agreed to come on which was so nice because she's obviously super busy at the minute like she's you know fighting for her life and she's in Mexico at the moment getting extra treatment and she has more important things to be doing and bigger fish fish to fry but she agreed to come on which I was delighted about and she's actually such a genuine nice person like I felt like I was just chatting to one of the girls to be honest so yeah I'm going to stop talking now because I may as well just go straight into it and I really hope you enjoy this episode and get something from it I was afraid I was going to cry <laughs> I was saying to Dennis I was like I feel like I'm going to cry because every time I was like researching what to ask her and stuff and researching questions and bits about her I kept getting emotional <laughs> so I was like it's so sad but I didn't she's actually just she's gas as well so yeah I hope you enjoy the episode and as usual please tell your friends tell your family and share it if you can and yeah leave me a review and rate me on apple Podcasts as well so I hope you enjoy the episode and I'll go straight into it welcome to the podcast Lindsay thank you so much for coming on not at all so I just want to go back to like before all of this happened so I just want you to tell us a little bit about yourself your life your life with your two gorgeous daughters uh, Zoe and Haley, before all of this like drama and illness even began I just want to know a little bit about you okay well um yes so uh, I've always wanted to be a mummy and so my girls are 12 and 7 and you know we always had you know, a really, really nice life, like considering obviously, you know, losing loved ones and all that. But, you know, we go and do things at weekends and, you know, have all the usual curling up and watching movies and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, unfortunately, I just started getting really snappy and really tired and stuff all the time. And, you know, I noticed that I was like starting to, give out about stuff that I'd be like why is that even like getting on your wick and stuff like that you know because I I would never have been like that I would have had like so much more patience um which is funny because that was actually another thing that made me think oh my cancer is back both times that it came back after the first time I was like I have less patience (laughs) with the kids like this is so weird yeah and learned that it's it's when my body is so physically unwell that you know that's when your mind starts just going a little a little overboard mm. and every, irritates you yeah. um but once I then know that okay this is why you're like that I'm just like okay and I can stop myself like yeah. giving out more 
than her mommy should give out like <laughs> so going back to the beginning of like all of this back to 2010 when you first went for your first smear test in Ireland how old were you then and why did you go decide to go then to get a smear test yeah so I actually went in 2009 oh. um but none of us had been gathered yeah no but nobody really knows about that but enough cells hadn't been gathered and so I ended up having to do another one in 2010 okay. um which I was 21 at that stage right. but yeah for me basically my mom was terminally ill with cancer and Zoe when I was 21 she she was one of that and I had heard that if you were sexually active, if you'd been on the pill and if you'd had children was like three reasons why a woman would go for a smear test. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, I'm not like, you know, part of the the free screening till I'm 25. Yeah, which is crazy. And I was just like, oh no, I I need to like make sure that like what's happened, man, where she was misdiagnosed with her breast cancer. I was like, I need to make sure that like, you know, nothing like that would ever happen or get missed, mm. you know, so me and Zoe could, could end up where she could nearly lose me. And so that's why I went um, and made sure to be vigilant and stuff. And yeah. for some reason, I always felt that there could be a possibility that I could get it. And, you know, it's not that I sat there going, oh, I bet you I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it and like, <laughs> put it out there into the universe. Yeah. But I thought, wow, you know, as a young woman, you know, I, I'm like, there's, you know, a good chance that, that that's something that I could get, so. Mm. It's true because it's weird that the age is 25 because it's to do with being sexually active and everything like that. And most women are sexually active a lot younger than 25. So it's it's a weird one. Like I would, I presume you would recommend for people to go and get their smear tests a lot younger than 25 now well if you're ticking all three of those boxes mm. um i most certainly would and if you are sexually active with lots of different people especially like unprotected yeah, yeah. You, i mean the hpv virus is now what i think they actually look for and um, when they're doing yeah. smear tests they don't actually check um check your cervix now as far as i'm aware because like that obviously i'm not on the um the cervical check program now because i have no cervix from having a hysterectomy yeah from what i've learned now what they're doing is checking to see if you have the hpv and i mean generally how you will get the hpv is through being sexually active and and getting it off yeah someone you know yeah 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 it's even the same here in Austria like I never got a smear check at home in Ireland um I left I don't know what age I was now when I came over here was I 21 or something anyway but I never I had never gotten a smear test at home but I ended up getting one over here um I think I was 24 when I got it and the reason I got it was because I was experiencing spotting but I would never have gotten it like because they say like oh 25 is age I remember even when I went to the doctor over here he was kind of like because he I obviously had to say my age or whatever and he was kind of saying like oh well why are you why are you coming now because you're only 24 you have another year and I was like no like I'm spotting so that's obviously abnormal and then I tested positive for the HPV virus and even then still like he was kind of like you have the HPV virus and most people will contract that in their lives whatever you know if you're sexually active as you were saying 
And I nearly didn't go further with that. He was like, I can refer you to a specialist if you want. That's what he said, if you want, which I thought was strange. So I decided I would go anyway. And then it turns out that I had grade three abnormal cells that had to get removed. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I could like easily as any like, I don't know, I presume a lot of young people are the same where you're just kind of like, oh, it'll be grand. And especially when a doctor says to you, like, you're more than likely fine. I would normally have taken his word. But I, you know, you you just have a gut feeling where you're like, no. Yeah. Yeah. So I was was lucky in that way that I was just like, no, do you know what? And even my mom was like, go to the doctor now, go to see a specialist because they were the specialist that I was referred to was booked up for weeks and my mom was like just push further like say you need to say you're worried and I did and it was actually an Irish girl who was a receptionist in the one I went to so she helped me out and she was like yeah look I'll try and get you in (laughs) Irish people Um, go on as usual (laughs) no well I'm I'm so proud of you (laughs) it is you do you you need to push and push and push because I think people like go by their experience and stuff like that mm-hmm. and they they do think I think I remember even like you know the receptionist being like you know that I was really too young to be mm-hmm. worrying about anything you know like this or ever and I remember having to pay 90 euro which was huge at the time <laughs> yeah. like, we were like thing a man in college and I was like oh my goodness but I was like no 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 really really want to do this mm. but yes at the end of the day you know even when you go in and you're trying to explain like what's happening and I think people can't imagine everything that you're going through or realize like when you're trying to describe an illness or effects or you know, symptoms that you're having and they don't sound as severe maybe when you're trying to explain them, yeah. which is why <laughs> my doctor in the hospital know I am a devil for taking photos of <laughs> everything. Like, oh my God, have you seen the dodgy belly button that I had? And it was actually, they think what happened is the stitches from my hysterectomy that like don't dissolve, they, they apparently can like rub and stuff and can cause infection sometimes mm. and um, so I just kept taking pictures of this very very ugly looking belly button and <laughs> <laughs> um, when I actually ended up like and I was told don't worry and they're giving me antibiotics and stuff but I actually ended up getting a fever of like 41 degrees and nearly collapsing and like my heart was all over the place and having to be hospitalized in the end to be given um ivs of antibiotics and stuff but like that like can you imagine me ringing up and being like oh this belly button doesn't look good like you know (laughs) genuinely yeah it's red and inflamed and it's this and it's that but like oh my goodness have you seen it it was it was angry looking you know (laughs) I'd but, say it is because they get so many, like there probably is a lot of like hypochondriacs. Who there are is like hypochondriacs, is that what you call it? Yeah. yeah. And, that, and, there, and there is. Mm. But I think we live in such a different environment these days. There's just so many more toxin, toxins, yeah. so much more crap that we're putting into our bodies. 100%, um, yeah. That, 
you know, it's not like the old days yeah. and nobody has those good diets like we we used to, you know. Um, I mean, even from, I know I'm only 32, but I know even from the dinners and stuff that, like, my mum and dad used to give me, yeah. like, back in the day is, is not the ones that I even really feed my children mm. or... You know, there's so much more like takeaways and yeah. different stuff like that as well. That, like, you know, everything's changed, and there's so much more like people, I think, smoking and vaping. And like, I know yeah. people always smoke, and I know it's not in pubs and stuff anymore, but people are so much more stressed now, and yeah. just it's just so different. And there's so much more upset and. You know, the likes of, like, gambling and people drinking. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's just, there's so much more stress in our lives. Pressure for and, different things. Yeah, yeah. And, but it's just not the same as what it used to be even mm-hmm. 20 years ago. Yeah. Like, And I, I think we need to start factoring that in because it's, it's just not the same. And unfortunately, it's just coming out that more and more people that are younger and younger are getting cancer and are having all these problems mm. and stuff you know it's true yeah I'm I was actually only watching uh you know Rachel Gorry I was watching her story just earlier and she was talking about she's doing a fundraiser and everything for her late husband but she was talking about um esophageal cancer is that what he had and she was just saying it's typically known as an old man's cancer um which she was trying to say like that's absolutely not the case which I imagine is kind of like what you're touching on there that like young people yeah. are getting cancer more it used to, cancer used to be an older person's Eight, thing 90 like. years of age granny and granddad yeah. mm-hmm. sort of a, a job having it mm-hmm. like like i will never forget being in luke's lodge and um, when i was going through my radiation and my chemo and like everyone was actually treating me nearly like a granddaughter because mm-hmm. you know they're everyone else that was there was like so much older than me but like at the end of the day there there was a lot of women in there that were like 40 and 50 with their breast cancer and stuff like that but yeah you know I I think a lot of people aren't getting checked and I think Mm. there's even more people out there and younger people that that just haven't even been diagnosed yet you know we'll go back to the to the start again just for in case like anyone doesn't know your story because I know I was telling a girl over here she's actually from England and she obviously wouldn't have a clue about the cervical smear yeah. scandal and anything like that so you went for your first smear in well so you went in 2009 and then went in 2010 and yeah. what were what were the results of that smear and when did you go again for your next one yeah so the one in 2010 was a private one okay. um it came back Saying that it was it was completely fine and that I wouldn't need a smear for three years, which worked perfect. Actually, sorry, because yeah, two thousand and nine I would have been twenty one, and two thousand ten I was twenty two, and so that was perfect because in three years' time I was going to be twenty five, and that would be the national screening. So two thousand thirteen I went, and it just said that um, yeah, that there there was slight slight like it wasn't changed slight something because it wasn't changed that it was you know may have something yeah so come back here mm-hmm. and so I went back in the year 
uh, in 2014 and next thing it came up that no it was completely fine not a loss and so I was like grand and it said come back um you know in another year or whatever so I was like perfect so I came back then I think it was like 13 months later and because I'd had Haley and stuff and next thing it said that yeah completely fine again and I was just like all right grand because I think at that stage there might have been once or twice that I'd had the slightest bit of spotting after Mm. having sex but I was like I've had kids Mm. um I'm like I've been on the pill for years yeah and you know different stuff that so I didn't really put it down to anything you know um and I was like look you know your cervix could be laying low like hanging low and stuff that so you know but it was nothing wild but I remember I had my smear test and because it came back clear and I said I was like obviously I was like it can't be anything that's after you know coming back clear mm-hmm. but then it was like coming close to late 2016 and I was like okay wait a minute what is the story I suddenly started bleeding okay. and I didn't stop for like nearly six weeks and I went into the doctor and I was like there is something so wrong with me like yeah uh, no one goes oh there is a polyp there and I was just like all right I was like okay and so you know a polyp apparently is 99% of the time is like going to be cancer free and there won't be anything wrong with it I had never heard like of a polyp or anything like that because I thankfully had never ever really been sick in my life yeah which is why I'm like we like trust you to have to go the full work like, <laughs> I'm not sick like anyone else um, and so like the doctor really was married because he had said to me that like your last marriage test wasn't even a year ago like I wouldn't be worried mm. and I was like you know I never use my private health insurance and um, I literally feel like a crazy person um, my mum had been in my dreams telling me that I had cancer even though I know Stop. like everyone thought it was a nut job yeah and that's mental yeah I was in it all three times and anyway so the doctor then sent me on and of course I went in the Friday as we were going into the Christmas holidays mm-hmm. so I had to wait like two three weeks um, to get the appointment because everyone was closed mm-hmm. and it was like I had to be in the next day and he was saying, oh, you know, we'll try burn off that and see if we can stop it. And I was like, all right, grand. But he never used the word biopsy, okay. you know. So I was yeah. like, all right, grand, um, that's fine. And then next thing it was like, oh, you have to go for a CT scan, you have to go for an MRI, and then you'll be in to get your results. And she was like, so like I was, and I accidentally got a phone call as well um, to be told, to like come up to the hospital in Dublin and I was like why and they're like um because your results and I was like I'm not getting them till Tuesday and they're like um okay well we'll just see you then and I was like all right okay yeah so uh, I knew I knew anyway that it wasn't good and because I actually brought like my smear letters up with me on the Tuesday yeah um that I'm getting the results and I put them down and like your man was just like was like <laughs> don't mind them like he was like no you've got cancer he was like so I was like all right okay 
Um, and then, yeah, unfortunately, two days later, I had to be told I was going to have a hysterectomy and I was never going to be able to have children again. And, like, I sat three hours um, going through, like, talking about trying to freeze my eggs and stuff like that. Oh, being sent home all weekend and I was shaking so I have a huge thing with needles and I was shaking and shaking and went back on the Monday um, went through another quick consultation was sent off with a prescription and I was waiting for the chemist to open and then I got a phone call um, have you got those injections yet and I was like no no I haven't picked them up yet um, I'm still waiting to get them to open they're like don't get them come back come back you have to come back and I was like what? back up and they were like we are so sorry but we're actually being told there's absolutely no way you can freeze your eggs or do anything before you extract me um because they're all hormones that we are going to inject into you and like that is literally going to make your cancer spread like wildfire fire oh because God. it's hormonal and so i was just like what um because the morning of my hysterectomy it was like look we don't know whether it's going to be keyhole or whether we're going to have to slice you. We don't know whether you're going to be able to save your ovaries or whether we're going to have to take them. Okay. And I remember being so devastated because I was just like, I thought I was going to close that chapter of the book and be like, okay, I've done everything I can to make it possible for like, you know, if I want another baby, yeah. even though it would be going to have to, you know, find someone to do surrogacy and yeah. that unfortunately in Ireland isn't legal and so even if you put your eggs into another woman mm. and that is your DNA yeah. and when baby be tested that's your DNA you have no rights to that child and what? the person yeah the person who births the baby is the biological mother even if it's not her DNA and yeah and that embryo, say, has been put inside her. I didn't even and know that. So, I didn't know that yeah, at all. So you have no rights. And if that woman wants, she can keep your baby by law. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's insane. So, yeah. And, so, and I mean, at this stage, a hundred grand as well. I wouldn't mind to get surrogacy. And so that's why I think a lot of people go abroad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. And at this stage, like when you found out, like when they delivered the news to you that actually you have cancer, at that stage, like were you, did you know that a mistake had been made or were you just like, oh, it just, it was something that happened and it wasn't anyone's fault? Or were you kind of like, that's, how has this happened when I've been getting tests all along? Do you know, I asked that because I just feel like, I, I, I mean, before last year when I had that whole thing that I was telling you about, I would have put full trust into doctors. So would you have been the same? I think at 28 years of age and going up to that hospital with all my smear test letter results, mm. I knew that something wasn't right because yeah. I also then brought them up to the hospital in Dublin. Yeah to be told that no your type of cancer is so aggressive that it doesn't necessarily show on a smear test and I was like mm. all right I was like okay and I was like I'm not the oncologist gynecological yeah. specialist so yeah. and I don't be in any labs testing anything so I yeah, was like, oh, yeah yeah I know and it was when my cancer came back the second time and I was sitting in the waiting room waiting to go in for um, one of my radiation sessions and I've seen Vicky coming out and talking about like 
smear tests and like you know wrong results or something and I was like this is so weird because this is what I'd be talking about yeah you know like I I know I I said it in an interview already that you know I was just like whether my tests are wrong or not at this stage it it doesn't matter because I'm here trying to get better Mm -hmm. and at that stage I was like you know been treated to be cured yeah so like there's just no point getting fussed about it and I, I remember my counsellor had like pushed me on it um and then when I was getting my pick line cleaned in my arm that I had for like eight and a half months uh a friend of mam's was actually cleaning it she was a nurse and she was like pick up the phone and ring them because I mean still like I was going on about it like nearly a year and a half later at that stage I was still going on about it and I'd say nearly till the day that I actually found out I was still going on about I just can't understand how there was nothing yeah like you know Mm -hmm. and it just goes to show it it clearly was so wrong and it really makes sense you know that there could have been nothing at all insane like and they obviously knew themselves like they are the medical professionals they are the ones that know these things like obviously like me and you we wouldn't have a clue we're not qualified in anything like that so when you landed up to Dublin that time as if they had no idea do you know what I mean they were obviously like fuck some mistake has been made but we won't talk about it we won't let her know it's just crazy to think that and I've met I've met a few women that you know have the same nearly story in mm. that you know yeah. um, and, and it countries like it's not mm. it not just you know Ireland or, or anything like that and as I keep saying I'm not here bad mouthing anyone I'm just no. saying my story and yeah. what happened and I am so grateful to lots for lots of different reasons to like you know um some of the medical professions and stuff that that I've had yeah. on this journey like I mean there's there's lots of stuff but I think unless you have listened to a woman have tested absolutely everything and have proven mm-hmm that what she's saying is 110% untrue, you should not brush anyone off. I mean, when I was trying to talk this time about, you know, looking into different things to try and boost my body, if not to kill my cancer, but to boost my body, to have me in the best nick. And I said about like vitamin D and vitamin C and stuff like that. And I got laughed at and was told, oh, what? at least you won't get scurvy and I was just like excuse me yeah I was like that's like so rude yeah I'm so rude sitting here just trying to get like opinions and mm-hmm. help and advice and yeah you know there's just no need for any of that mm-hmm. you know and I'm, I may not be a medical profession but this is my body and yeah. you know like, if you can't help me, don't mock me. Put me in contact with someone that might know something. Exactly. You yeah. know? Because you have to explore your own options. Like, some doctors or medical professionals might have their own way of doing things or they might be set in their own ways. Whereas there's low... Like, you don't have to 
stay with one person or one opinion like there's loads of different things that you can research and go elsewhere as you are now being in Mexico do you know what I mean different countries even so and yeah and that's like as you said yourself it's not to like bash medical no, professionals absolutely no because I'm not here to bash no any not at all yeah um just I feel there's a a few things that need to be tweaked yeah and you take, know to take ownership really of if a mistake is made is what I think from it anyway rather than I mean every, like we're all human and there's human error but but see that's it we are all human yeah. like you know um and I mean I will never have the intelligence of what doctors um, and nurses have to be able to <laughs> you know yeah. go in and know so much about the human body yeah. and you know go and help people mm-hmm. like that Jeez, I don't know if I could even help someone by giving them an injection to save their life I think you need to listen to I think you really need to listen to somebody you know yeah. Mm-hmm. That that's coming and sitting in front of you. I, I think you need to be treated more like a human, yeah, and, and not just another patient that's coming in. Yeah, you know, exactly. um, like for me, I was just so hurt. I mean, I was being sat there told I had to do palliative chemo, and me trying to come up with other options, and everything just being laughed off the table. And I, I was just like, well, why are you saying to me that that's absolutely like? no way mm-hmm. because I've got um years of medical experience and I was just like okay I understand that but why exactly yeah kind of and it's like oh, well I've just told you I've years of medical experience and yeah. I was just like that's not a reason I, like, I don't want to be rude I said but anyone can sit there and tell me that they've medical experience I'm asking you the exact reason why this treatment or that treatment won't work yeah you know uh-huh. uh, so I think that there needs to be better communication yeah you know 100% um, and fair play to you for for pushing these things though because most people would kind of take a back seat and be like right okay <laughs> he has loads of medical experience you know and take that as yeah. an answer so when you found out this information like back when you found out you first had cancer how do you go about delivering this kind of information to your two girls yes so the first few times I just said to them like look mammy's sick Mm -hmm. she's got cancer and but the whole hospital are hoping that they have the medicine to you know make me better and I also must have told them as well that I wouldn't be able to have any more babies because that was like the the first time or whatever you know but yeah. um Hayley was delighted because Hayley was like no I want to be your baby forever <laughs> so, so cute <laughs> she was like you know too sad about yeah. it <laughs> you know and then obviously like this time I was like look mammy's got cancer again she's sick and you know she might have to be an angel this time because the hospital don't think that they have the medicine to make me better okay. you know yeah. and they were they were amazing about it you know so you're just like no you're very positive mammy and um, you're you, you've got this yeah and Haley was like yeah yeah you do and I was literally just going oh Jenny Mackers I don't know about that she like oh. give me head yeah but I was just like okay I was like thank you and 
I just didn't push them on it because I just thought, look, we'll chat about this when we can actually see, you know, how fast it's progressing and, you know, what's happening Mm -hmm. really, you know. Um, And I mean, the amazing thing is like I was doing my infusions of my vitamin C, my vitamin D, doing homeopathy. I got like a water diviner to come out to my house to like disperse the energy because apparently there was two streams coming underneath my house. Um, I was going to healers um like oh I've I've been doing so much stuff yeah and then obviously because I was waiting to get to Mexico because I was waiting to I was having to do the court case yeah and like my cancer which you know is so aggressive that they say that it could be like doubling in size every 30 days and with the that I was doing up until Mexico I had a scan before I left and it it hadn't they'd said that it had grown 0.2 of a millimeter which i mean is the width of a strand of hair so i mean there's a chance that you know that it actually hadn't even grown at all i mean like how do you be able to see that it's grown that much and now that i'm in mexico they feel that you know there's no growth in the tumor in my pelvis but that the ones in my lymph nodes um, has actually, like, reduced, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just amazing. I think it was 32 by something, 32 by, I want to say something like 28, and mm-hmm. now it's 26 by 12. And this is since you've been in Mexico? Yeah. God, that's mad. That's amazing, like... They get- like- they give me immunotherapy, but it's not like the Pembroke one that I want to do in Ireland. Um, mm-hmm. And like that, there's infusions, there's machines. Mm-hmm. Um, there's loads, like I'll actually, yeah, I look on my bed at all the stuff I now have to bring home with me. And oh my God. That's all of it. But like, that's part of the stuff that I'm going to have to take for the next, like three months before I get back here for another checkup. And I have to do five injections a week. Uh, you but, hate needles <laughs> I'm like you're just gonna have to take them but I think the fact that they're not looking for a vein I might have some hope but mm. I'm just like oh my god and they're like yeah so don't worry they're only small you give them to yourself and I'm like no no I wouldn't give them to anyone I'm free to give them to myself so I find somebody that I'm like <laughs> please and I'm like we're in a pandemic lockdown I know yeah who are you gonna get yeah but I mean surely that's a medical like good enough reason for someone to have to like you know come to your house for assistance like surely (laughs) otherwise we'd be rocking up to the guard station and I'd be like (laughs) and come here how did you how did you hear about this place in Mexico anyway yeah so you know, I've always known about people talking about going to Mexico and stuff for like the likes of the Oasis of Hope and stuff like that. But I've never really like, you know, fully looked into them. Mm-hmm. And I was like putting up and talking about it on my page with like that, but I just, I didn't feel comfortable doing the double dose chemo. And there's like so many side effects that are like terrifying that are with it. And someone contacted me, um, actually a girl called Megan, contacted me and she was like oh look at this girl's page um she talks about this place hope for cancer in mexico and you know she was like you know terminal and in like really bad way and you know she seems 
to be like cancer free again and I was like okay wow so I started looking the place up and then I actually got talking to the girl Carly and then she was able to put me in contact with other people who went and I was looking at their stories and I was like wow all all these people have like got gone into remission I was like this is amazing and they're building up their immune system and their body Mm -hmm. which is exactly what I've been talking about yeah and I was wow so like I've always said with Mexico I was like I'm trying to get my body in the best form it can be in to have to take on like you know something that's toxic yeah of course as the conventional medicine you know Mm -hmm. and I was like you know secretly being like well if it helps my cancer what a bonus (laughs) you know but I know when I and I said it on the late late show I was just like I'm not delusional I'm hopeful yeah and like I was bawling and crying and everyone's like you must be so over the moon like with your news that like it's there seems to be a bit of a shrinkage and I mean here they're not like do you know what we wouldn't be like oh this is amazing and it's shrunk we'd be like okay there it seems to be somewhat stable you know the cancer is stable so it's not like we're all like jumping around and being like oh my god this is amazing yeah but it's certainly the best news that can come the fact that it hasn't got to spread um but I have I was crying because I know how hard the next three months is going to be that I have to do at home and the fact that I have to do it with a clinic that took me 17 hours to get to the country on two flights and a stopover Mm. it's like it terrifies me and I hate that there's nothing in Ireland to help me. Yeah. You know, and wow, would I love to set up some sort of a centre here mm. and like help people. Because like even some of the machines we use and stuff like that, I know that they could benefit like lots of different illnesses and, and stuff like that, you know. God, but, that would be unreal, yeah. That would be amazing. Like, Because it is, a, like it's, so annoying that you have to go all the ways over there to get something like that that is obviously so beneficial to yeah. people like it's crazy maybe maybe that's is that would you like to do like genuinely like to do that is that like a goal uh, for you? Uh, I have been talking <laughs> about setting up Leslie's legacy since before even my my friend Jade McCann died mm. and she was like oh I'll share it on my story for you and stuff like that you know and I wanted to kind of have like a retreat center for people yeah and you know more and more then when I was finding out about infusions and then find out just, you know, I'm like oh, this is all I want to add to it as well you know to have somewhere to come and especially you know for people who may not be able to afford it so much yeah you know to have like rates and stuff like that that you know could maybe help them yeah what I'd love because it is super hard like and I'm not trying to blow my own but but it is super hard to take the risk and to feel confident enough when like there's like you know family and friends that don't want you to do it mm-hmm. and are scared and they panic and they just want you to do the chemo and stuff but you're like have a look see 18 months with the chemo mm-hmm. you know like and I'll have no quality of life yeah exactly and, yeah there's different you know, there's so many different options out there like I often even think that myself if that even ever please god it would never come up, come around but if it did like 
would is that is chemo even something I would want you know it just seems so torturous like yeah yeah I even remember my man like I was like I would never do chemo mm. I was like I would never do chemo and my gut was telling me not to do it but they met me halfway after a tussle and they put the pick <laughs> in my arm and I was like okay I'll do it but that was because it was I was doing it out of like emotional guilt because you know everyone was like please 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 just do it yeah you know and I was told it was a light chemo's chemo's go and well it didn't suit me because I ended up having to cancel it halfway through and I didn't even get to finish it because it was destroying my body so much and that was a light chemo's chemo's go oh my god that's mental so it just goes to show like so so when I was being told that I was going to be doing a double dose of chemo that gives you skin damage, lung damage, kidney damage, liver damage, anemia, bleeding, hair loss, nausea, sores in your mouth, sores all down your throat. Um, and I can't remember what else. And then there's the possibility that it's so strong that it may kill you. What? Anyway, and you've just signed that to say that's okay. Oh my I was just like, no <laughs> no thanks <Not> like <laughs> for me no. you know but you know what they nearly had me like convinced that first day and I was just like and I remember like I'd only found out 45 minutes at this stage that I was just like you know incurable and, <laughs> and it was like 45 minutes later and I was told here do you want to sign that to say that's okay that you know you're okay to do the chemo and I was just like I'm sorry, but I found out 45 minutes ago, I'm going to need time to think about this. Yeah. And, and it sounds like, you know, it was the only option in the ground. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. And then mm. I remember just waking up the next morning and I was like, hell no. <laughs> I can't do this. No. Because, and then like, I was like, but where do I spend? Like, if I did get quantity, yeah. or not, yeah, quantity, like yeah. a bit more time. Yeah. I was like, where do I spend it? In the hospital or in bed? Yeah. Like, I was just like, no, no, like, calm down, calm down. And then I, at that stage, it was like November. And I was like, well, if this could end up being my last Christmas, I was like, they say that, you know, you'd, you'd have the session every three weeks. Mm-hmm. And it would take about maybe five hours, probably eight or nine hours with me, though, because I remember they even tried to dilute the cancer or the chemo, sorry, when I had it before, the light one. Um, with like two or three bags of fluids and it still just affected me the, it, even diluting it my body wasn't able and I was like if they're saying the effects were to me like immediate and like that even my hair would be gone before I'd reach the next session to do where would I be going giving my kids possibly the last Christmas with me and me not even looking any way like me and yeah. sick as dog not even able to eat because I've sores in my mouth and down my throat. And I mean, I watched my own mother go through all the side yeah. effects. I was like, no, no, I was <laughs> no like, it's not happening. And yeah. I just think fair play. And I said, I was like, look, maybe I'm just being completely selfish. Mm. But I was like, no, and fair play to everybody that, you know, Does can it. go through chemo and can do it. Yeah. And that are selfless and willing to do that. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't and, you know, and thankfully for me, I'm four months on and my cancer is not any worse, even though it should be. My cancer is not any worse. If anything, it's technically better 
yeah. looking than when I started. And I'm so lucky that my risk worked. And I'm not telling people to take a risk. Mm-hmm. I'm telling people, listen to what you're being told and make your decision. Like, I'm not here saying, don't be listening to doctors, don't be listening to that. I'm yeah, just saying, my situation, this is what for me how I felt and how I've happened to be lucky in my decision so far I mean that's not to say that my cancer isn't going to suddenly decide that oh come here now I'm going to give you a nice shock and boom be spreading and gone through me like Mm -hmm. you know but as of right now and that's what kind of upsets me as well is I've had four months but I haven't had four months in Ireland with my kids. I'm after spending nearly a month here. Yeah. I then had the, had like the court case and stuff to go through. And so, you know, it's been really busy. And then trying to even find the research to do this mm-hmm. has taken so much up of my time that I that I've been should have been able to take the risk, but still be close to home. Yeah. No? I know what you mean. Yeah, 100%. Or had it on the doorstep that I didn't need to research so much yeah exactly and that's what you want for other people now as well if you do go and set up that kind of thing at home oh it's just yeah I suppose it's just for people to explore all options is kind of what you're saying as well before and mix them I mean like they even like say here in the clinic um that you know they're not saying don't do the radiation and the chemo like if you have to do it yeah do but they're saying you know you need to do something like this with it so your body can hold up and Mm -hmm. take the radiation and the chemo while you're in the best state you can be yeah you know makes a pile of sense like your body has to be healthy and get ready for like the absolute trauma that it's going to endure for the next while like because you're you're yeah. you're even not prepared for that like I wouldn't if that happened to me now tomorrow I'm averagely healthy do you know what I mean I wouldn't be prepared for that like they said I'm the record low of vitamin low vitamin d um I was 12.5 milligrams and you're supposed to be between 70 and 100 milligrams of vitamin d and vitamin d is essential for your immune system and so thereafter like oh, they get me injection in my butt um, <laughs> and I've taken this 15 sprays of this vitamin D underneath my tongue um, every day and in three weeks they've brought my vitamin D up to 55.9 okay Andrea. amazing now I'm gonna have to get another injection in my butt when I when I get home <laughs> <laughs> with the spray but they're just like, that's fantastic. Like, that's in the way. But, like, I, I know so many people are saying to me, you already are starting to look so much healthier. Mm. And, like, you've changed so much in three weeks that they're like, the results are going to have to be good. Yeah. You know? And, I like, it's amazing that, like, even on the outside, I'm already starting to look so much different by just building up, you know, everything in my body yeah god it's unreal and so going back to your court case you kind of just touched on that there earlier but as a result of everything and the everything to do with your testing and making the mistakes and everything and understandably so you sued the hsc the irish testing laboratory um sandy ford industrial estate and the u.s laboratory quest diagnostics over the wrongful reading of your cervical smear results, which was like 
unreal and obviously you were going to do that but you posted a video on your Instagram page reading out a letter to the Taoiseach on behalf of yourself and your two daughters and all the children who would be left without mothers as a result of this scandal and in the hope that they would be financially looked after for the rest of their lives. So that whole experience of recording it must have been so hard for you because even I remember watching it and I like I hadn't even heard of your name before and I was just somebody else shared it and I was just bawling like and just <laughs> <laughs> tears running down my face and it just stuck with me as well after I couldn't stop thinking about it but it must have been so hard for you to do like rehashing the whole experience and the last like four years and everything like that was recorded on Christmas Eve oh my god what a time <laughs> yeah Christmas Eve um and Sarah Foster and JFS JF Productions, like who I have known for years. Mm. She was balling. I was balling. Like it was. And we did it like in in one take. Mm. And like it honestly was so hard. And I think the bit that really got me, and even like any time like I watched it was when I was saying that I I really don't believe that the girls will ever understand the degrading hell Mm. that I have gone through. Yeah. Um, And even now, like, it makes me very emotional because if they even knew a fraction of what I've had to go through in the last four years, like, even sometimes, like, fighting and being like, no, my cancer's back or you know, having perforations in my body, having tubes everywhere, like, you know, soiling myself, wetting myself, like, so much stuff. And that bit just kept getting me and realising that, like, of course, I'm not the only person in the world that will have had of have had those experiences. And thinking of all the children that won't realise, you know, what warriors their, their mum was mm-hmm. and, you know, what they gone have gone through. And so, yeah, it was, it was so, so, so hard to make that video. And my goodness, Sarah, I remember she turned around to me and was like, I don't know why, but I just, I just have a feeling this is going to be big. Like, I, I feel like we're creating that we don't even realise we're creating. I was like, you stop. I was just like, no, it's not. And she, no, like, I feel like it is. <laughs> and um, I, I'd written, I'd written it out and I had and I'd been bawling in bed when I'd written it, or I was writing it and the tears were streaming in my face and I sent it to, like, my two best friends and yeah. to my boss. And they were like, I'm here bawling, reading this, Lindsay, like, bawling. And yeah. I was just like, okay, so when I was reading it out and I gave that warning and I said to family and friends, do not put pressure on yourself to watch this to the end. Yeah. I knew it was going to be so emotional. And I was like, if like my closest people have found it hard just reading, I cannot imagine what it's been like sitting there watching me actually read it out and being so upset. Yeah. So that's why I said that. But yeah, it was so hard. And I mean, oh my goodness, Sarah Foster. I will forever be so grateful for the way that she did it. I mean, those pictures and videos she put in of me and the girls, I didn't know she was going to do that. And that was like goodbye videos and memory videos that we'd been making. Yeah, that she put in for me. Mm. 
Um, and she just, she made it so beautiful, even the little bit of music and stuff like that. And I just, yeah, I never expected to take off the way that it did. But I'm so grateful that it's been able to make women be like, oh, wait a minute, I'm going to get checked yeah. and I'm going to, you know, Definitely. sort stuff out. I mean, there was an article in the paper um, the other day saying that, like, the likes of some of these women in the cervical check scandal and going off of these wacky vitamin C and vitamin D infusions or something along those lines that are now putting doubt into the minds of women, like, to for them to be like, oh, like, nearly don't be bothering getting smear tests. And I'm just like, what? I've literally been saying <laughs> since day one of anyone even having half a clue of who I am go get your smear test yeah like go get them and and push on the results is what you're saying like yeah I'm just saying like if you get clear results and you just think I don't know if I believe in that I'm like push it yeah literally like you know I'm just like don't start trying to paint me as the bad guy Mm -hmm. like I'm yeah. actually here trying to help women and I am saying go for the spare test. How you know, do absolutely. people pulling that from it? Like, it's insane. Like, always yeah. someone going to find something negative out of anything. Like, it's so annoying. But So the letter and the video was to the Taoiseach and you said that you got a phone call from the Taoiseach, did you? Yeah, so... Um, I don't know what's it like. About a week two weeks later mm. and it was so funny because this number just came up on the screen and I was just I was sitting in bed and I was just like why do I feel like this is the tea shop <laughs> <laughs> and I was like your gut's not that good Lindsay and <laughs> next thing it was like I was like hello and as soon as I heard like hello um Lindsay I was like okay, that actually sounds like Taoiseach's voice like that I just see on TV. And he was like, no, this is me on there in the Taoiseach. And I was just like, what? <laughs> so weird. You know? like, yeah. Okay. And I was like, wow. I was like, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I might have some hope of, you know, getting help for my girls and getting help for, you know, all the other children, you know, that video might actually have been so worthwhile Mm -hmm. you know yeah and so then you obviously so you brought them to court and you you won the case the case was settled so um yeah settled in mediation so it was just a couple of days beforehand and Mm. I was told that I was getting an apology right out to me in court you know yeah and you know, one thing I will say is, is the lady that read it out, you know, she's, she sounded so emotional, like in reading out, you know, what has been called an apology, you know, even though it's kind of a roundabout way yeah, of, you know, not actually saying sorry and not being like, you know, we messed up, but because they didn't I know you you touched on this on the Late Late Show that they didn't actually say the words I'm sorry they said deep regret big regret deep regret yeah that was it yeah which is like (laughs) 
It's not the same thing, like, do you know, it's, and the case was, it was settled without admission of liability, like. Yeah, yeah. How, no, like, how, um, how do you feel about that? Like, does that not just anger you? No, I just, you know, anger is just one thing that I haven't really bothered with okay, during yeah. all it. You know, like, I mean, my gratitude book just really changed my outlook on so much. And, yeah, I just didn't. Because I was like, the anger's not going to change. Like, sometimes I might be, like, upset about it or frustrated enough. But I'm just not angry and I'm not um, bitter, you know. I'm just, that's not going to change it. And... It's true, I suppose. Like, what... like it's a great way to look at it in that what Shawan is anger going to do and like you have to put your energy into other things now like it is what it is but I just think fair play to you like I would be I just wouldn't be able to be as like controlled and like have such like grace and decorum like the way you do and the way you have had I just I'd be like a little a tyrant going around the place (laughs) People keep saying like such nice things like that, and I'm just like, holy moly! I must be like a swan, you know? Like, people are like oh yeah, the swan's all graceful on top, and it's like the legs are going crazy on the bottom. Holy moly! If my mother was here, she'd be like graceful. This one, <laughs> you know? And I was just kind of like make a joke. I'm like, look, I am no inspiration I know nothing I'm just a stubborn long for gal who's just like no no listen to me (laughs) you know my way or the highway you know (laughs) but just even like no no, go on sorry but but the gratitude has just changed my life it doesn't mean that I still haven't got into arguments (laughs) and stuff at time with people but it certainly has especially in the last year or two even nearly met us that anyone who tries to like start anything with me that I'm just like hold on wait a minute Lindsay are you in the wrong do you need to apologize for something or has someone literally just come at you for no reason out of nowhere Mm. and then if it is I'm just like okay the book it's just like has made me realize okay if someone comes at you and you actually haven't done anything to purposely hurt them then there's something wrong with them and they're just projecting something on you and I'm just like just let it cool off and let it be okay so at this stage it's just you know send back love like no more than I got hate today for the first time the lady being like um stop posting oh no sorry for I feel, I'm sorry for everything that you're going through, but stop posting ridiculous photos. You're making it look like you're on holidays. Like, fuck off. (laughs) Seriously, like... It's just like, really? Like... Honestly. I went back over my story, because that was... I only happened to see today, because, like, oh my goodness, I do have thousands of messages, and I really try my best to get back to everything. And... I was like looking back over the story from that day because that must have been Saturday and I was like Saturday I was in treatment so I was like what could I really have had that made it look like it was a holiday and the only thing I could find was I put up for my last story 
was the mango on my bed that I was like, woohoo, celebrating with some mango today that I got good results from my ultrasound. But other than that, it was all like medical. Me with oxygen tubes yeah. in my nose, me with straps to my legs for the biofeedback test I was getting. And I was like, and then there was like a video of me being like, I'm a bag of nerves. The results are coming today from the ultrasound. <laughs> so the only thing that possibly could have looked like it was a holiday was me showing, woohoo, this is the mango I'm mango having to like. celebrate my scan results. <laughs> so I was okay, fine. But like the response I've had to like me putting that up is just been crazy. Unbelievable. Yeah. Like people are literally ready to track her down and like no look <laughs> yeah there's no point like she's just not having a good day mm. uh, or that day anyway look she could be having a great day now who knows <laughs> but the fact is she had never contacted me on anything else mm. like or about anything else you know strange it, if, if there'd been a few things and stuff I'd say like fair enough but and everyone was just like I don't know what sort of holidays she goes on. I know, yeah, <laughs> genuinely, like, what the hell? A bit of mango you know, on the bed. <laughs> everyone's like wanting her her last name, and I'm just like, no, no, mm. there's there's no need. Um, I appreciate it so much, but I'm like, there's no need for that. But I just wanted to show to people that look. Unfortunately, some people it doesn't make sense when they come at you. Yeah. You know, and this why I mean I could have gone into a war with her and what got myself worked up. Yeah. So that's why I just sent her back, you know, sending me so much love and then it like delivered but she still hadn't read it and then I was just like, you know, she's probably gonna end up coming back at me thinking that I'm being smart saying sending you so much love <laughs> yeah. when I wasn't. I, I put the love hearts in and I actually meant like, you know, Do obviously you? she's not having a good day. Mm. I'm going to be nice. And then I said, Do you know what? I am just going to ban her and I'm going to block her mm. because there's no need for the two of us to be going back and forth and me trying to be like, Look, I'm not trying to fight with you. I'm not trying to do anything. But yeah, it's the first hate that I've got. And, you know, I, I think if I continue to get hate, I would probably just pop up and be like, You know, it, it's a pity that this person just, you know, is in a bad form because I think it shows people like how irrational hate can be yeah you know like, a lot of people are so upset that I've never even met and they're like I'm absolutely just I'm so upset and so raging that someone could do that to somebody who's over there fighting for their life so they could like. be around the girls and is putting it on social media to help other people you know, so it just it just goes to show, and that's why I'm so grateful for my gratitude mm. for my book that has taught me that there's no point in me going flying at her. I mean, like, how dare you? Like, mm. that would be me now. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It was a few years ago. Yeah, you know, but the, the book the is time I look is when it's about the kids, and I'm like, excuse me, now hold on one minute. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah but the the book is called the magic is it yeah the magic and it's it's by the secret now i couldn't get into any of the, the other books by the secret okay um this is 
the only one that I could get into. And it's 28 days. I mean, it's very short, like, days. Um, so it is, so it's not a thing that you sit there and read, like, 20 pages. Yeah. I mean, some of them read three, four pages. And, and then you do your little task each day. And it's just, it's, it's magic. Like, it really is. <laughs> and I've had a few people message me being like, I'm a week into it. I can't believe it. This is unbelievable. Yeah. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> like, it's crazy yeah. how it works, but it does. I'm going to get it so, myself. I think I need it. <laughs> oh, do just give it, give it a shot. Mm, it's worth a try. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna finish on this one now because I've had <laughs> had you on for long enough. You're probably wrecked. But what would you say, or what words of advice would you give to anyone else who is going through like massive health struggles like yourself right now, especially at this time of a pandemic and everyone being in lockdown and everything? Okay, so my first thing is go get the magic book, <laughs> <laughs> and you know I think especially when it comes to like diet and diet is nothing I had even bothered with mm-hmm. um like you know any of the other times but your gut health is so important like yeah. I didn't realize that your gut makes up like 70 percent of your immune system and so if you're not feeding it with the correct foods and you know you feel bloated or you feel like uh, and you know but nauseated or you know that like you're constantly running to the toilet and stuff like that that's your gut trying to tell you that like it doesn't suit you what you're putting in and so you're going to feel miserable mm-hmm. like I've been bleeding from my bowels and different stuff like that and ever since I've changed my diet from the first of January I haven't been bleeding from my bowels and you know I think keep exploring different things keep mm-hmm. researching you know do things that that make you happy talk yeah. to people find mm-hmm. people that are in the same boat as you yeah you know so that would kind of you know be be my thing and as I've been saying since day one trust your gut yeah 100% yeah. treat good and, yeah, yeah treat your gut and trust your yeah. gut <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know oh that's unreal and thank you so much for coming on I'm gonna leave you go now because um it's sure it's night time there and you're so good for coming on thank you so so much and best luck with everything and you must be so excited to get home to your two girls are you leaving like soon in the next few days are you yes so I have another full day of treatment tomorrow and I'm going to do kind of slightly half days till we leave um on we might hopefully get one day of exploring in so yeah i might have a few people come at me for that but anyway (laughs) um one day of maybe a little bit of exploring um, and then we hopefully fly saturday Mm -hmm. uh then i have to isolate so i I still won't get to see the girls i I have to isolate and do like covid test because i have to do a covid test before I, i leave here yeah. and then I have to do a COVID test I think it's like five days later or something like that I'll have to check it up again yeah. and then I'll get back um, and I still don't know whether I should maybe continue to isolate and do a couple of more days before I see them just to be really safe because obviously you know linked to so many other people yeah um, girls you know and with Hayley even being back to school yeah, yeah. and that you know I'm going to see how I get on. I mean, maybe I could at least chat them through the window or something. Exactly. But yeah. 
cannot wait. <laughs> you must be so excited. Like, oh, I cannot wait. I'll tell you, like day seven and day eight that I was here was so tough. Oh. Like, so tough. I was just like, you are joking me. Like, I am just missing them so much. Is, is that um, the longest you've been away from them, like, ever? Um, like, other than to go on, like, a week's holiday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Aww. Or a, a week in hospital, 10 days in hospital. You know, but you're in the same country. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Not the same. That is before you have to isolate and know that you yeah. have extra time either side. And then I'm like, oh, and what if I do end up having a COVID test and it's, like, positive? And oh, then geez. I've got to even, like, isolate and do stuff for even longer. I'm just like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Stressing but, yourself out, no, Max. <laughs> you know, it's just yeah, no, and anything is possible these days. Like oh, after what honestly, with COVID, yeah, anything is possible. Like, possible. <laughs> yeah, oh gosh, it's possible with Jess. But yeah, no, oh, it was so nice talking to you. No, honestly, uh, thanks so much. Thank it was so, you so lovely to chat to. Um, I wish you all the best and best luck with the rest of it. And yeah, safe trip home. Yes, thank you so much, darling. That is it for this week's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.